Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force Podcast. I'm Doug Barry, along with my very good friend, Father Richard Heilman, and my other very good, longtime best friend on the planet type friend, Tom Sullivan. He's our guest tonight. Tom and I go way back, back when I actually had some hair, and Tom's hair was not that color. <laughs> uh, good to have you on the show, Tom. Before we get started with everything on this very important topic, we always need to begin with prayer. And Father, we always leave that to you. Okay, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Awesome. Thank you very much, Father. Appreciate that. And again, thank everybody out there who have been so supportive of the U.S. Grace Force. I just got back from a trip recently and people who would come up to me. And again, this is one of the greatest things. I'm in North Carolina and I'm hearing people come up and say, we love the work of the U.S. Grace Force. What Father Heilman is doing, he's an amazing priest. And Doug, good job hanging in there. I get that too. But it's great to be part of the U.S. Grace Force and have you be part of the U.S. Grace Force. Your prayers, your support, your encouragement is amazing. We thank you so much for that. And as you know, things are getting more difficult, this cancel culture. Now they're trying to extend this to one of the most important pieces, most important devotions, most important elements of our Catholic faith, and that is the rosary, which we're going to be addressing tonight. And I think we're going to hit it from an angle that a lot of people are going to think, oh, I never thought of it that way. It's going to be a good one. But I also want to thank everybody out there who supports us financially. If you want to support us financially, you can do that through the Patreon program. Click the link in the description below. That is a tremendously powerful way to help us keep going to get this message out. Another very important thing to do is subscribe to this channel, share the video. That alone affects the algorithms and helps YouTube and other areas of the podcast, other people, other platforms the podcast is on. It helps them see the importance of this and they will, they will recommend it more. So you subscribing to the channel and sharing the video does affect how many times it's recommended out there. So please do that if you can and let as many people know about this mission to try to help people be better prepared, be part of that U.S. Grace Force also, click the link in the description below. Go sign up to become a U.S. Grace Force member. We're about 80,000 strong, praying together, trying to serve God, trying to be ready for whatever is coming our way and what we're in the thick of right now. And of course, what we're in the thick of right now is this battle over the rosary. And so Tom Sullivan and I go way back. We've been friends for, I don't know, what, 28 years or so now, Tom? It's a long time. Yeah, back since Moby Dick was a minnow, at least. Yeah. And, and you got a great resume. Um, just, you know, let's get... Give the audience a brief background of who you are, where you come from, and then let's jump into this, uh, the rosary, spiritual weapon for these times. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a long history. But uh, basically, um, you know, I, I work, uh, I'm the vice president of Women of Grace. I have, uh, I'm the founder of the Warriors Rosary International. I've designed the Warriors Rosary. I've written a couple of books. One is called Tonighthood, the Sacrament of Confirmation, the Kingdom Family of God. Another one I co-wrote with uh, Johnet Bankovic, uh, The Rosary, Your Weapon for Spiritual Warfare. And uh, I spent 12 years in the military before that. Uh, I was a company commander for five of those years, training recruits. Uh, found my love uh, when I came back to the church. Uh, found my love in the rosary and been praying the rosary for 25 years. And, uh, you know, the, you and I connected back, oh, I don't know, almost 20 years ago. And, yeah. Uh, we've yeah. worked together ever since. And I'll never forget that. I was at a conference in, um, it was in Florida. Yeah. And you, you're down there in the Florida area. And I was doing the one-man drama, The Passion. And you were recording it. And so you, were, you, you weren't watching it. You were listening. Yeah. And I remember yeah. afterwards, you, you, you came and found me at, you know, at the table. We, you met and talked and said, you were just listening to it yeah. and were affected by it. And you wanted to show it to uh, another ministry and so forth and get the word right. out on it. Yeah. And, and, and I just loved the energy you had. And yes, yeah, so we became really good friends and yeah. doing work together off and on. So, but this is a great show to have because again, you had that background of ministry work for like 300, 300 years or so. You've been doing this <laughs> Yeah. You know? And you yeah, and 30, father over 30 years now. Yeah. Yeah. Over 30 years. And you and father, father's got the combat rosary. You got the warriors rosary. I have both of them. I love them both. I love what, just the fact that both of you have been inspired to take the rosary and present it in a way that says this is a, it's a spiritual weapon. It is, yeah. it is also something that is not just for grandma. I grew up thinking that the rosary was for old ladies and funerals. And I take that quote from, uh, from, um, someone who wrote a book on it. Um, 
about that. He grew up thinking, old ladies and funerals. That's the only time he ever heard the rosary prayed. And, uh, and so I was the same way. You know, my mom would sit on the patio in the summertime praying her rosary. And it was always the nice light colored beads, the pink beads, the light blue beads. And it just didn't resonate with me as something that was masculine or strong. And as the years went by, obviously we've got to go deeper than that. We can't let that be what stops us. But when you guys both father, you and, and Tom designed these had to be inspiration of the Holy Spirit. They're not over the top. They're not crazy. They're just, they're simple, but they're powerful. And they really speak to something at the heart of what the rosary is all about. So again, for the audience to know, yes, we're going to be addressing this article that came out in the Atlantic that attacks the rosary. And I believe there are Marxist marks all over this, red flags of trying to make association of words where they're using terms like Christian nationalist, Christian national, and, and really applying that in a way that says it's bad to pray the rosary. It's a sign of extremism. And these are terms that are being thrown about all over the place now. Anybody that's strong, Christian, moral, try to stand their ground, hold their ground, you're extreme. This is what they're saying over and over. We don't want to get into their language. We don't want to play their word games, but we do have to address it to help the audience understand. We can't give into this stuff. But we also just want to, don't want to throw it by the wayside and think that ah, it's not a big deal. It's just some goofball who's writing this kind of stuff. No, this can lead to some danger, and we want to break that down a bit here. But Tom, can you get in a little bit to, uh, to help us understand more? I mean, you've got information in the history of the rosary. You've written about the rosary, talked about it extensively. You've been devoted to it for many, many years. Give the audience a little more depth of the history of the rosary and just kind of how it comes to, to be the, the way we have it now. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that amazed me, actually. The research I was doing when I was developing the Warrior's Rosary, I wanted to get a big picture understanding. Uh, because I was, I didn't know I was so attracted to praying the rosary. I just loved, you know, praying the rosary and praying through the mysteries and feel like I was participating in the, in the life of Jesus and Mary. And uh, so I started doing research into it. And I discovered that actually, you know, and I said to you, Doug, earlier, when, when we we're talking about the article, I said, you know, what took him so long? You know, what took him so long to figure this out? You know, the rosary has been a weapon for, for, for as long as it's been around and longer. I mean, you go back to to its origin. Well, I trace it back, and I call it the origins. Back to uh, the Colosseum and the Nero circuses back in the day when Christians were being martyred, uh, they would dress them up and in, in to mock them. Uh, they're going to send them out to meet their king, Christ their king, and they would dress them up in a garment, a white garment. They'd put a crown of roses on their head. They'd call it a rosarium. Uh, and they would send them out to be devoured uh, by the lions and stuff in the in entertainment of the Romans. And uh, those waiting to be martyred, those who are up next, uh, they would have to go out and clean that up. And so one of the first things that they would do is they would grab the rosarium and they would pray with it because they knew they now had a relic of a, of a martyr who now went to heaven. Uh, and they would pray one rosary or sorry, one rose, one prayer, one rose, one prayer. And that's how they would pray with that. And that kind of started a custom, and by the fourth century now, uh, the Desert Fathers began using that concept of counting prayers to keep track of the 150 Psalms. And then uh, by the seventh century in England, uh, churches there were already creating, uh, you know, prayer strings for counting uh, prayers for the faithful. And then by the 13th century, we ended up with St. Dominic uh, with the Rosary as we have it today. Uh, Father... Uh, um, Donald Calloway uh, refers to the, the uh, metamorphosis of the rosary uh, in the terms of a blacksmith. He calls God the divine blacksmith, fashioning his weapon of the rosary for spiritual warfare mm -hmm. over the history of 1300 years before it finally became what it is today. Uh, and the rosary has been in this form, you know, for the last, what, uh, uh, you know, 900 years, 1000 years, you know, yeah. so... So yeah. 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 So thank you. That that's fascinating. Uh, I didn't I didn't know about uh, you know back in in the days of Rome and that, but uh, there it's the idea, isn't it, of kind of tuning in with God yeah. Yeah, and exactly. our Blessed Mother. You know, Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary, and it's almost like you know it's it's adding focus to what you're doing. Right. Or I like to say too, and and uh, she's our mother. So I always like the tender part of her too, that we're kind of in her womb. I, I saw a funny meme once where uh, little Jesus was at Mary's feet 
and uh and going mom 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 and they said that's the first rosary you know uh <laughs> but it's just but it is that idea of you're just kind of uh there with mary special times and yeah. and it, you, you got that mantra going on um and it, it's just it's a it's a tender tender moment uh in terms of a spiritual weapon then you know she's a mama bear and she's uh you know she looks after her cubs us and uh and she's known to crush the head of the serpent right yes. and and so she's going to protect us she's going to have our back uh and she's going to um be a part in her strong intercession she has influence on her son mm-hmm. you know uh, jesus you know loves those who love his mother and and so what a wonderful design god has made for us you know we have those male figures a father, a son, and now we have the female part of it too, where it's it's a tender mother, and and she's she's taking care of us, she's looking out for us, she's advocating for us, uh, and so that's really I, to me that's what makes it a weapon, in that uh, the power of Mary's intercession is significant, and and God designed it that way, and and so. Um, to know that that this history has evolved and but yeah. see god has revealed w- the way he wants it and he's done that through mary and th- the saints and so you know just obeying that just getting in line with that or getting meek to it uh is 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 something that pleases god and and then that's when things start to happen that's when prayers start to be answered that's when evil is averted uh when we're when we're doing it that way so, um, Tom, you know, you, you've, uh, you, you've developed this idea with a warrior rosary. Sure. Maybe you can give your take on what you believe makes it a yeah. warrior's rosary. Yeah. Well, the, it's, we are all as Christians <clears throat> and as human beings, we are born onto the battlefield of life. There's a battle right. going on. Uh, it's a spiritual battle that is going on. Uh, and it began in the primordial days when, when God created the angels, a third of them rejected him. He, they, they cast them out of hell. They came down, cast down to heaven, or I'm sorry, cast it down to the earth. And, uh, you know, we read then in the story of Adam and Eve and the temptation that took place by the serpent and the fall of Adam and Eve and how humanity was plunged into this combat now between the serpent, this fallen angel, uh, and the woman uh, that who would crush his head eventually. And through all of human history, that battle has been going on. It's a spiritual battle. Yes, it manifests itself, you know, in the, in the physical world. But the battle we're talking about is a spiritual battle. And the rosary is a, is a, a huge weapon in that battle. Um, John Paul II, St. John Paul II, wrote an wrote apostolic letter on the rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And if people, if you, if no, if you have not read that, you must read that from, from beginning to end. John Paul, he, he takes you into the rosary uh, and he explains, you know, where does the rosary get its power? How is it that, that meditating on these mysteries are so powerful? And he unpacks this one understanding of Ju- the Jewish understanding that, and the, the understanding Christ used of what it means, uh, what remembrance means. When Jesus said to the apostles, do this in remembrance of me at the Last Supper, he didn't mean just reenact this and do that, do, you know, do this. Do what? What did Jesus do at the Last Supper? He changed bread and wine into his body and blood. That was the this in do this in remembrance. And the Jewish understanding of remembrance, as St. Pope John Paul II talks about, is it actually makes present what is being, uh, you know, meditated on or happening. When we go to mass and the the consecration takes place, transubstantiation takes place, and that bread and wine become truly the body and blood of Christ. How did that happen? Because time and space are suspended, and be and this idea of remembrance is makes present the past. And you are one with that. And so with the rosary, when we enter in the mysteries of the rosary, we are actually remembering, entering into a remembrance as we reflect and meditate on the first mystery, the second mystery. And then we go through the, the prayers of the Hail Mary and the Our Father. We are entering into the remembrance 
we are entering into it, the, the actual mystery in which we are meditating upon, and the graces of that mystery are now present to us as if we were there 2,000 years ago. John Paul II, he, he refers to this as uh, seeing these through the gaze of Mary, you know, like looking through Mary's eyes at what was happening at the time, and we share in those graces. And that grace is powerful. It gives us strength to continue to combat the battles that we face in life, whether we're struggles as fathers, as husbands, uh, as grandfathers, uh, as sons, as daughters. Uh, you know, we are all married couples, you know, priests. Pre we all come up against struggles. And when we enter into this, this mystery of the rosary and we begin to pray it, it has not only tremendous internal solitude and internal um uh calming and grace but it also brings about uh it brings about a an a, a physical an outward uh, reality you know we we can actually defend ourselves against the wiles of the evil one through prayer and particularly the prayer of the rosary hmm. uh, tom the, one of the things that this article, let's get it because I know the audience is wondering what about sure. the article? What about the article? Yeah. Um, there's there appears to be, and I know as time goes by and you think and pray and read and reread these things, you can see, you know, subtle pieces, you can see clear pieces of, of what might be trying to be done with something like this. And yeah. I think one of the things that I see that seems very apparent is the association of words. Yeah. You know, there's that old saying out there you know you're talking to your buddy you know and you simply say you know hey jim have you stopped beating your wife yet now jim might not beat his wife but the fact that that was stated in front of other people that's going to enter people's minds right. and it can cast a seed of doubt you know that's a very powerful way to undermine anything is simply change language use words that associate with other words and in this article a friend of mine who uh, sent an email to me who is a journalist, and she pointed this out. In the article in The Atlantic, the word radical or radicalization is used a total of 12 times. Radical, traditional, nine times. Rad-trad, which, you know, reaches out to this idea of, of traditional Catholics, you know, more, you know, TLM and such, uh, four times. Radical, traditional Catholic, five times. Rosary, 14 times. Battle, four times. Catholic, 34 times. Extremist, six times. Rosary as weapon, three times. And then Christian nationalist or nationalism 10 times. So you're taking words like Christian nationalist or nationalism, rosary, extremist, Catholic, rad trad, traditional. You put these together, association happens. That will cast seed of doubt in people's minds. Now, my concern is what this will do for those people who are driving down the road. They got the rosary hanging on the rearview mirror. And you, you know, you know, there are those out there thinking right away, well, I don't know, maybe I should take that rosary down because I don't want to be looked at as a extremist or a nationalist, because these terms in our, in our current lexicon, our world right now are looked at as very negative, even threatening when we have seen some in the government say that we have to do away with these things. Mm -hmm. And the Catholic church, of course, is the greatest threat to any morality, any structure of decency, and I'll simply say this, and then Tom gets your response to some of this. In Cuba, one of the first things they did when Castro took over from Batista was he started to chase the priests out of the country, started to tear down Catholicism in the country. Cuba was major Catholic country, and he started to go after it, started to mm -hmm. remove the idea of symbols and icons and such that mean something to us. And the rosary is at the top. In the history of our Catholic faith, as you pointed out, Tom, so so clearly this goes back, you know, a couple thousand years. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, at its real at its real deep root. We've seen this in Russia. We've seen it in other communist regimes everywhere. Is destroy the church, demoralize people, associate this with that to create a negative sense, a negative feeling. The people that are weak will immediately fall off. They're going to be done right away, and then those that are even trying to be strong are going to question. If they don't question whether or not it's right, they may question, and many will, whether or not they want to put themselves out there so far anymore and possibly paint a target on their back. And Father, obviously, you know this because of you know the canceled priests that are out there that have 
have fallen into that same concern. But Tom, when it comes to this subject, I'd like your, your, your thoughts on this idea of word association yeah. that is creating yeah. a demoralizing effect. Yeah, when I, when I saw all of that, first thing I re recognized was that this is, this is called demonization propaganda tactic. Mm -hmm. And it's used to basically demonize an enemy, uh, demonize anything around him, uh, and then eventually the entire group of whoever that is has now been demonized uh, uh, to justify other actions. Now, in this case, um, you know, he took uh, extreme situations of, uh, you know, mass shootings, etc., and tried to tie that to uh, the rosary to the guns in which they were using the AR-15s or what have you, and tried to tried to claim that uh, Christians are somehow justifying violence by covering it with a rosary and calling it spiritual warfare. That's not spiritual warfare. That's craziness, is what that is. You know, true spiritual warfare is a battle, and our and our rosary is a weapon for that battle. But that does not give anybody a license. To go in and start shooting up a shopping center or going after their quote right. uh people they disagree with i mean right. that's just crazy uh and so you know the, we are in a spiritual warfare there's no doubt about it you know there's a spiritual battle um and we do as catholics we do understand that we have the sacraments you know i i just gave a talk at a spiritual warfare conference uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, and uh, I talked all about the sacraments of the Catholic Church, how the sacraments are the big guns in warfare, you know, from baptism, enlisting into the service, uh, to the, the, the Eucharist as MREs on the battlefields, to the medic on the battlefield, which is the sacrament of confession, uh, recruitment, which is marriage, the sacrament of matrimony, commissioning of an officer, because no, in the military, you got to remember, I'm a military guy, so I make these associations. No, no enlisted man goes into battle alone. He's led by a commissioned officer, uh, and in the Catholic Church, the lay people are led by ordained priests and bishops, and these ordained priests become the uh, commissioned officers leading us in spiritual battle. And every time we go to mass, we enter into spiritual combat. See, we properly understand that. To try to associate something as pious as, as meditating and praying on the rosary and trying to turn it and connect it to, uh, you know, gun odors or even worse than that, radical uh, extremists who shoot up shopping centers and shoot up churches. And yeah, I mean, to make that is to is to deliberately try to create this mentality that you're talking about, Doug, where you're now afraid to pull your rosary out. You're afraid to have it on, you know, in your car with you. You're afraid for people to see you have one because they might associate you. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you something on a spiritual level that I, how I see this. You know, the rosary in the words of Father Amorth is uh, every time we pray the rosary, every Hail Mary, the demon said to him, is like, banging him on top of the head, like a, a punch to the head every time we say a Hail Mary. And he knows how powerful that rosary is. And so what does he have to do? Well, what does anybody in military combat do? You need to take out the enemy, but you can't always do it all in one full sweep. So what do you do? You go after it a piece at a time, a piece at a time. You try to demoralize them. You try to get them to be scared. You try to get them to get confused. And that's what we see happening here. Now they go after the rosary. Oh, pious Catholics, and who does who don't even have any idea about this radicalness that they're talking about praying the rosary will hear about this and go oh no i don't want you I, I need to put it away no listen the rosary is a it is it is a sacramental it is meant to be prayed to bring you closer to christ to bring us closer to the church to become one with christ and listen christ wasn't out walking around with a tommy gun blowing people away that's not what we're called to do. And that's not what spiritual warfare is, you know? Right. So this whole, you know, I call it a hit piece on the rosary at Christianity yeah, on Catholics, particularly, uh, I think is shameful. And you know what? And, and I'm going to pray for this young man because yeah. he's I, obviously he's uh, misled. I um, hope that uh, people don't take their rosaries off their windows. I'm thinking about yeah, in, in recent uh, couple of years, we all know too, that um, there was just an aggressive uh, totalitarian tyranny that came in and tried to shame, for instance, people who were patriots. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, the, the feeling at one point was if you hang a flag in your front yard, you might get your house burned down. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just that bad. 
And during that time, you know what I did? I, I bought like 80 flags and planted them all over my yard. Mm -hmm. And then recently when Roe v. Wade was uh, about to go down, eventually did, you know, they were going to come after the Catholic church for being pro-life. And, and, uh, you know, we were trying to uh, beef up our security in all our churches and all that because of the threats. And you know what I did? I put out a 10 by eight foot pro-life sign in, in my front yard. And here's why. I don't want them shaping the narrative. I don't want them to tell me what I can do and what I can say. I just won't do it. You know, one of the things, uh, what they're using is what's called uh, the rules for radicals. And it's the last one of Saul Linsky's rules for radicals. Pick the target, freeze it, personalize it, and polarize it, marginalize it. Make it look like a freak, an extremist, right? And that's what they're doing right now. So if, if we're not careful and we let them shape the narrative, carrying a rosary will make one feel like they're some kind of fanatical extremist. Listen, back in the 80s when I went to seminary, it was bad. Uh, I, I've told the story many times, and I apologize those who have heard it too many times, but I saw at least two guys asked to leave the seminary because they were caught having a devotion to the Blessed Mother and among the intellectuals, the academia of the time, who was trying to sweep away that peasant-style kind of Catholicism, they saw him uh, as a radical, as a fanatical, kicked, kicked those guys out of seminary, actually recommended them for psychological counseling. Now, these were the spiritual leaders of that time. This isn't new. But there's also what's called the Overton Window. I've always been intrigued with it, but it's it's the Overton window is the range of uh, policies politically acceptable to the mainstream pop, uh, population at a given time. It's also known as the window of discourse. In other words, <clears throat> if you look at a continuum, a line, there's a place where people find uh, uh, ideas uh, either popular or sensible within that window. Out here, it's it gets radical and even unthinkable uh, at both sides. What you can see is going on right now is they're trying to shape the narr narrative with their with their language. To uh, and here we are, we're in we're in there. They're trying to move it over here, so we fall in this radical. They're actually using the word radical on us, mm -hmm. an unthinkable way of thinking, because you know what, we pray the rosary, and listen. Uh, the devil hates the rosary. I find it interesting that this is all coming down. The article broke on the feast day of Maximilian Kobe. Okay. <laughs> and it went viral on the first day of the 54 day uh, rosary novena for our nation. Okay. And, and that's today uh, as we're taping. Okay. Um, but this is, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. In other words, we're a threat, and we they have to use the Saul Alinsky tactics on us to shape the narrative in such a way that we are seen now as radicals, when it, before, in some some cases, we were heroes. Uh, for what? And, and who's, he, who's he attacking? He calls it radical traditionalists. You know what he means? Anybody who actually practices their faith, anybody who actually believes what the church teaches. Okay, actually, people who actually go to church on Sunday, okay, they're the threat. And so we have to move them over to the radical and unthinkable part of the continuum, all right? And that's what's going on right now. And I, I'm not going to let them do it. I, I, uh, Doug, you, you were talking about um, how uh, words matter and, and, and uh, you you were speaking with someone, some people this weekend, and how they they were saying that that's the battle that we're in right now is something about words. Is that something? Yeah. That you want to share? Yeah, I should probably bring this up because the audience needs to know that you know I was at a conference recently, just last week, you know, several days, and hearing from you know some uh, some people who have been working in intelligence uh, previously in the government in the past, uh, but they're also historical. Uh, researchers, they look at, they analyze and look at all sorts of things over the last couple hundred years, in fact, and how, you know, Marxist beliefs have been brought into all the structures of our country, 
as well as other parts of the world. And the number one way, the first way these Marxist ideas and beliefs are brought in is through the dialectic, through dialogue, through language. And it's certain words that are chosen to start redirecting people's thought patterns and processes. One example, very simple, is when the pro-abortion industry changed the main focus of their, of their whole push of being pro-abortion to pro-choice. And the word choice has a positive connotation to it. That's one very simple example, but it makes the point. Don't use their language. Now we can't use the word sex, meaning what sex are you, male or female? No, it's your gender. Have to be gender. And then pronouns. Now, pronouns. Now, if you don't use pronouns and you don't talk about a person's gender, if you just reduce it in their mind down to uh, your sex is male or female, then you're a hater. A hate speech. Now, laws have come about because of this so like you said father we can't give into the what to, to what they're doing here right they're trying to use language to redirect behavior laws structures and the way we simply live to the audience out there look what has happened with this article and by the way they pinpoint father heilman by quoting off of the website how father presents his the, the combat rosary approach all right which is I'm no different than Tom or anybody else. I was, uh, I was shocked yeah. they didn't go after you, Tom, because the Warriors yeah. Rosary is everything they're talking about, too. Yeah, they just have you know, this me. guy. You know, but in general, the audience right now, look, we should grow a hundredfold because of something like this. Catholics should rally together in prayer and understand, like you said, Tom, and we want to be clear about this. We do not advocate any physical violence at all in association with the Rosary. That is insanely ridiculous. That is not where we're coming from. But the Rosie's been around for almost 2,000 years. If you go back to the origin, like you described, Tom, from the Colosseum, we're talking about something here that is one of the most dearest and most sacred pieces of our devotion to God, the school of the Holy Family, it's been referred to as. This is something that has transformed lives, changed the world. When Our Lady of Fatima in 1917 came to the children, one thing that she repeated in all six apparitions was when you pray the rosary, you can avert war and bring peace to the world. Talk about a weapon that stops chaos, bloodshed, and mayhem. That's what it can do if we cooperate with the grace of God that flows through this amazing devotion. But yeah, back to that point, Father, is the language matters. Look, people, don't, to the audience again, don't give in to their their dialogue, the first thing that is done to subvert a nation, and this is from the Karl Marx and the Lenin-type mindset going back many, many years, even before them, the first thing is to demoralize. And you demoralize through dialogue, through language. When they start calling um, the Jews in, in Nazi Germany before you know the, the, the war and the camps to, really took over, for years before they were using terms, they're subhuman. You know, refer to them as, as rodents, rats, whatever. In the genocide in Rwanda, they use the term cockroaches. They demoralize and dehumanize them by referring to them as cockroaches. We have to kill the cockroaches. That was a phrase that was used a lot. So when they start relating Catholic rosary to extremist, nationalist, these types of phrases that all have a, a very negative connotation, I should ask the audience, is it wrong to be an extremist in the area of, oh, I don't know, Packer football? <laughs> no, that would be good to be, you know, joking around here. The idea of extreme, there are people who are extreme in their diet because they want to be healthy. People extreme in their love for their family. And so they sacrifice tremendously. To go to an extreme in and of itself isn't bad if it's for something that is good at its root. And right, and what they're trying to do is paint us as bad extremists. Yes. Yeah. There's two ways, there's two reasons why they. this was an attack on the Catholics, but real Catholics, authentic Catholics. Why? Number one, they're a threat. They're a real and present danger. They're ex existential threat. And so we ha they have to marginalize us, make us look like a bunch of wackos that we, no one pays attention to. But this, the, the second reason they uh, attack is because they, um, they see no real uh, pushback. It, yeah. it, they're, 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 they're given license to do it. And we just sit and take it. And that's why, true, you know, 
we, we just had the readings this weekend. You think I come for peace? No, division. Father against son, son, mother against daughter. All this stuff. What was Jesus getting at there? Is that those who stand up and speak the truth and those who live their faith boldly will be attacked, will be opposed. And, and that's, that's going to happen. And so, again, um, my, my hope is that we don't let this happen, okay? And, and we, don't, we don't just sit and take it, that we are courageous enough. That's what it means to be a prophet, really, is, is to boldly speak the truth when it might be unpopular, you know, and to do, but to do it anyway. So hang that rosary from your window. Look, that was my impulse. 80 American flags when they started threatening patriots as fanaticals and have to be t attacked. I said, come at me, bro. You know, I am not going to let you tell me how to live, what to believe, and what I'm supposed to say. I'm, I'm done with this cancel culture. Mm -hmm. And I think we all have to get in this place. Tom, where are you at with that, with the whole cancel culture thing and the power that they seem to have right now? And I'll add, add one more thing. Another reason they have power is because those who are in legitimate positions to support those who are speaking up are cowering and not doing anything. Right. But Yeah, but, and, and that's, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was done. Yeah, and, that, and to your point, you know, and, and where is the fortitude today? Where I mean, fortitude, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that right. can receive in baptism and strengthen in confirmation. Where is this in, in our Catholics today? Where is it in our church today? Where is it in our Catholic leaders? You know, this idea that for some reason we have to blend in with the culture, well, you know, uh, whether it's the cancel culture or the culture of death, we have to be part of it. No, we're not called to be part of it. You know, I believe it was G.K. Chesterton said that, you know, the only fish that goes downstream is a dead fish. Fish are called to swim upstream, and we're called to be countercultural when it's not, when it goes against Christ the King, and it goes against the, 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 the teachings of the church. Uh, you know, the other thing in that, that article, they talked about, you know, the militant, you know, we all, you know, soldiers of Christ, church militant, Catholics don't realize that the, the term soldiers of Christ was not something we invented. St. Paul used that term. He said, endure your hardships in 2 Timothy 2. You know, he says, endure your hardships as good soldiers of Christ Jesus. You know, he understood that this was a spiritual warfare. And you're going to be treated unfairly, no doubt. But you can't expect anything more than what our, what our Lord got, you right. know, and look how they treated him. But on the other hand, we are called to endure these things. We are called to try to change the culture where we can, first and foremost, through prayer. And, and one of the most powerful ways to do that individually is the rosary. Outside of the mass, the rosary is the most powerful sacramental we have. Uh, and, and again, the devil knows that. Uh, and, and now, uh, you know, he, he's using that understanding, you know, in the, uh, in the culture to try to snuff it out in the culture. Again, to cancel now, to cancel not only uh, uh, Catholics, but, but specifically Catholics praying the rosary by making all these negative connotation associations, even using the term militant. Yeah, they, they, they're, gonna, they're, they're calling to rise up uh, the attack on, on Bishop Olmsted, you know, uh, with his uh, letter on Into the Breach. Oh, you know, this problem in masculinity and, you know, they're calling for these, uh, the, the militant to rise up. Listen, anybody who knows the church and knows their catechism knows the church is made up of three, sec 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 uh, uh, three separate areas. The church triumphant, the souls who've made it to heaven, the church suffering, those who are in purgatory, and the church militant, you and I here on earth still working out our salvation through fear and trembling and dealing with all the hardships as St. Paul tells Timothy, endure your hardships through, you know, uh, and be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Hence, that's where the term church militant comes from. That's why we're called that. It doesn't mean we're going around blowing up abortion clinics. Oh, wait a minute. That was the other guys, you know, uh, you know, blowing up Christian counseling centers. That wasn't, that wasn't Catholics doing that. That wasn't Catholics praying to rosary. You want to know about Catholics warfare? You see them out in front of the abortion clinics on their knees, praying their rosary, peaceful. You don't see them, you know, launching attacks and, and trying to get, uh, uh, you know, physical, if you will, and, and shoot people just because they got a rosary hanging over their AR-15, as the article talked about. That's ludicrous. That is so loaded language to try to uh, demonize not only the rosary, but demonize the Catholics who pray the rosary. 
it's a broad brush they're trying to uh, paint with. Real quick, I want to interject because what you said there was amazing, Tom, and it made me think of 2020 when the streets were on fire and you boarded yes. up and the mom and pop shops were looted and boarded up and graffiti everywhere. You know what we did? We organized uh, hundreds of people and we took our Lord in the Holy Eucharist and yeah. we did a Eucharist procession right in the middle of where those riots were happening. Mm -hmm. And it, I'm not saying they were rioting at the time we were there, but I actually saw, I actually saw people on the sidewalks, spectators in tears because yeah. see, that's how we roll. Right. And that's spiritual warfare is that's what right. that is. Right. That's the way we we're, we're not going to burn streets and cars right. and, and, and loot stores. That's not how we roll. But yeah. do we bring the Eucharist and we were praying the rosary as we walked along. And uh, you know, it was, it was a, like a chant, a beautiful chant versus, you know, what happened after uh, Roe v. Wade went down. It was right. my body, my choice, my body, my choice. Right. We were hail Mary full of grace, hail Mary full of grace. Right. That's how we roll. And that's, that's, right. that's spiritual warfare. Yes, it and, is. And so we're, we're not, we're not bombing. We're not looting. We're not, you know, we're, we're we don't do that, right. but we pick up our rosary and with the belief that there is a real power against the forces of evil, yes, we go to war in that way. Amen. Amen. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's where the power of the rosary, you know, is at its finest. When you, when we enter into prayer with the rosary, I mean, all hell shakes. I, I can't stress this enough. It is a spiritual warfare. We are involved in a spiritual warfare, and we don't translate that into a license to go kill our enemies, whether they're political enemies or our neighbor who just ticks us off. It right. doesn't translate into that. You know, if our neighbor ticks us off, we pray for him. You know, we pray for him that his heart and his mind is converted, you know, to uh, and responds to generous acts of love. Not violence. That's not what we do. That's not yeah. what Catholics do. That's not what the rosary is about. It's not what prayer is about. It is, it is not what spiritual warfare is. Although I will say, when you are praying the rosary and you are entering into spiritual warfare and we are combating the principalities and the powers and the yes. rulers of this world, which are the angels cast out of heaven down to the earth, yes. we are in, in combat with them. And they that combat, when as we move forward in victory and share in Christ's victory, right. will in fact change hearts and minds. What's the first thing the military tries to do when they enter into a country? They try to gain the hearts and minds of the people. Right. And and that is that is spiritual warfare as well. You know, we try to love our enemies. We love our neighbors. We try to love those who hate us. Why? Because love conquers all. The ultimate love was on the cross. You know, he was making fun of, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, weaponizing instruments of death. And I thought to myself, oh, you mean like the cross? Mm. How many no. people wear a cross? That was the that was the instrument of the most grueling death the Romans could put on somebody. It was worse than walking around with an electric chair on a chain around your neck. Mm -hmm. But yet, for some reason, because we pray the rosary, we are weaponizing, you know, or making sacramentals, uh, you know, weapons of of destruction. Mm -hmm. It's like, dude, you you got you got to spend a few more you know years on this earth before you go trying to pass judgment on these things because you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And one of the concerns I have about this whole thing is that, you know, there, there are a lot of good Catholics. And I know a lot of our audience, thanks be to God, they're you know, very well formed a lot. And they they understand that this is just, this is just so much of this is ludicrous. Like you, you're yeah. pointing out there, Tom. But we also have an epidemic problem of people who don't go to mass faithfully. They don't believe Jesus is present in the Eucharist. We already knew that before, you know, the churches were shut down in the last couple of years. We had a lot of people who weren't going to mass. It was roughly 20% in the U.S. It's like 10% in, in Canada, 5% in Europe. I mean, Catholic Europe, a lot of Catholic Europe. Um, so we already had, you know, just abysmal numbers when it comes to that. The catechesis also is a major problem when yeah. it comes to a lot of where we are in our world today. So there are a lot of Catholics out there that will hear this and they were raised Catholic. They maybe go through the motions. Maybe they're clock in, clock out Catholics, check the box Catholics. And they're going to hear this. And a lot of them might start thinking, yeah, you know what? I kind of see where he's coming from. Mm -hmm. And that's the area that I get concerned. So I'm going to put this out to all the Catholics out there that are well-formed, even reasonably well-formed. You understand what the rosary is and everything that Tom and Father Holloman and I are saying here. And reach out to the people around you. Like you said, Father, let's not let them 
through this dialogue, dictate what we're going to end up thinking and feeling and believing and then eventually acting because what you believe is what you act on. And if you don't believe in the truth and the power of what the church has presented us, what God has given us to the church, the rosary, for example, if you don't believe it, you're going to act that way. And that's not going to be good. So to the good Catholics out there, when I say good, I mean the well-formed ones who understand the reality of what we're talking about here. And they're understanding what Tom and Father and I are saying. Reach out to people around you. Have the conversations with your family. Sit down. Don't let this dialectic approach that they're taking to try to associate words with other words to create this negative image, this negative picture, and demoralize people and subvert this Catholic, this piece of our Catholic culture that is so powerful and so amazing. Don't let that happen. Like you said, Father, if they don't get the pushback, they're just going to go with it. And what I don't like, I've seen a few comments out there already today. Well, we're just going to pray. We're, we'll pray that the Blessed Mother opens their hearts and their minds. That's good. I, I do the same thing. I pray that too. But I'm also going to have conversation. I'm also going to sit down in the right setting, the right people, family, friends, whoever say, hey, did you hear that? Yeah, let's talk about that. You know, what do you think about that? And let's make sure we're teaching and, and expressing the truth. Like you, Tom, so clearly gave great history on the rosary. What do you think about that, Tom, that we really be more proactive in the right and the best and appropriate ways? I think proactive when it comes to let's use this as an opportunity to try to raise the ranks and, and raise the numbers of people who understand what the beauty of the rosary is. Yeah, I think education is, is important. And to be aware, you know, I, the spiritual worker conference I was at this last, uh, two weeks ago, <clears throat> Women of Grace put on and we had the exorcist, couple of, an exorcist there and some, uh, uh, we actually had a couple of exorcists there. And they were talking about these um, ways the evil one works. And, uh, and this is exactly, you know, it's demonstrating how that is. And, and one of the things I'll point out, Doug, as you were talking there, I was thinking about just look at the mask situation for the last two years. Look how that, this is psychological warfare. It's psyops, you call it. And what you do is you use fear. And how, how much fear was instilled in the people around the world? And let's just focus in on our own country right now. Uh, that mask, you had to have a mask. And then if you weren't wearing a mask, you were seeking to kill your neighbor. You're not being charitable. They started using Christian words to try to convict us to, to, to be ashamed that, we're not wearing a mask, you know, and so if you didn't wear a mask, you've got people freaking out, screaming at you, fighting, throwing punches in the checkout line. And it's like, hey, wait a minute. Uh, do you realize your actions are completely unhinged that you've been programmed to react this way? Step back and analyze what's happening. Take a look at the information that you have digested. Look at how you are acting, uh, you know, using fear to get people to wear a mask and then it has an effect on people negatively toward other people. All of a sudden, people who didn't have a mask were now demonized. And then those who weren't vaccinated, oh, now they're demonized. Only now for the CDC to come out and say, well, unvaccinated and vaccinated are supposed to be treated exactly the same, you know. What happened to all the fear and what happened to all the, you know, all the craziness and all that propaganda that was being put out there? It's psychological warfare. It's psyops. And they use it. And we have to be smart enough as Catholics to realize and we live in the world where the evil one rules. He is the prince of this world. And scripture tells us that he is the most subtle of all of God's creatures, but he's also the most conniving of all of God's creatures, you know? And he uses tactics that if we're not careful, if we're not watching for them, that we will, we will swallow it, you know, like we've seen so much happening. So we have, as Catholics, we have to be careful not to buy into the cultural garbage and propaganda that is being spewed on television, on radio, in our magazines, on the internet, and everywhere else. We need to be formed Catholics. We need to be well-formed Catholics. And we need to take that formation and change the world. But we don't do it through, you know, blowing people up. We do it through prayer and through love and through honest dialogue and truth. Because it's a truth that will set you free, Jesus tells us. And that's what we have to do. And so we can't be afraid to talk. We can't be afraid to engage. And we need to first know our faith well enough and know why am I praying the rosary? Why am I going to mass? What, you know, and share that with those around us. Right. It's the only way we're going to counter the counter the, the psychological dribble that's coming out. It's fire hydrant now. It's not even a dribble. Uh, <clears throat> being spewed to, to, to the society in general, but specifically in this case as we're talking, Catholics. Yeah. And, and when, when he talks about rosary 
being that of the radicals. Yeah. Well, realize that virtually anybody that's actually in love with their Catholic faith and simply practices it, loves the treasure chest of their Catholic faith, <clears throat> that that all of a sudden you're a radical traditionalist for that. Yeah. See how they're pushing us to the fringe, you know, polarizing us, marginalizing us, making us look like fanaticals because we simply love our Catholic faith. See, that's the norm. I'm so sick and tired of the, the, the term new normal. Oh, right. I can't tell you how much, because what they're trying to do is to say something like traditional marriage. You know, we just believe in traditional marriage, okay? A mom and a dad and for, this, for having kids. Right. Uh, but that's, that's radical. Mm -hmm. That's far right. right. And so when you look at rosary prayers, you know, these are people that, all right, I'm all in with this faith. I love it. Uh, but does that make us radical because of that? No, that we're the norm. Okay. We're the norm. And, 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 you know, come and join that, come and be a part of that. Right. Uh, but again, this, like you said, psyops, they right. get in people's heads. And when you yeah. guys said early on in, in, in this show today, that people are going to start taking their rosaries off their mirrors. I was like, oh, please, please don't, do don't that. let them win. No, don't give into that. Don't, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't let them call you yeah. radical for being a normal Catholic. Yeah. You know, an everyday Catholic. Uh, let me throw this in real quick, Tom. <clears throat> this goes back and Tom, you know, this story, because this goes back to the beginning of my ministry Radix. And I was talking about the way the name, I got the name Radix was, you know, 32 years ago when I started this ministry was I'd been talking at a family gathering about Marian apparitions. And one of my, one a brother-in-law basically called me a Mary radical. And at the time I took offense to it. I was, I was shocked. Not, I was hurt more than anything. I wasn't angry. I was like, Oh no. Oh, cause I thought that was bad. And I told a priest friend of mine who was pretty much my spiritual director at the time, really. And he kind of chuckled and he said, he said, well, that's a compliment. I said, what do you mean? He said the word radical. And this is where people have to, we have to understand the language. The word radical comes from the Latin word radix and radix means to go to the root. So to be radical doesn't necessarily mean fanatical and it doesn't, it doesn't mean bad. Radical in math is a term that has to do with the root number. It goes back to the, I'm not a mathematician, but I know it, it, there's a relation to that. The idea of being radical to be in love with your family. Yeah. Be radical, be in love with your family, go to the root of the love. It comes from God and love in that way. Be radical when it comes to loving truth, not fanatical and violent. And what they're doing is they're relating the word radical to something always bad. And radical doesn't mean bad. It means you're going to the root of something, mm -hmm. getting to the heart of it. You can't say, especially in America right now, and Father, you're in Wisconsin. People are radically in love with the Packers. <laughs> I mean, and, and Tom, you're from what, down there. You're down there. In your, I know you are. Too. Well, you're a part owner. So, and, <laughs> and, Tom, and Tom, you're down there in the Tampa area. So yeah. you got the Bucks, right? And people yeah. are radically excited about whether Tom Brady can pull it off this year. Right. Yeah, right. And it doesn't mean that they're bad people. They're excited. So they watch training camp and you're watching the, every, every article that comes out of the news. Now, it might be excessive in some ways that isn't necessarily healthy when it comes to your extreme behavior towards sports. But doesn't the word radical or the word extreme tie very clearly into a sports fan? Even sure. the word fan is short for what? Fanatical. Yeah, right. or fanatic. Exactly. So I'm a sports fanatic. Well, fanatic, extreme, radical. Everybody needs to look at the language and understand that the word radical in and of itself is not a bad word. Okay. And extreme doesn't necessarily mean it's bad either. I mean, look, I, I love Jeeps and I love four-wheeling and this sort of stuff, right? And there's a website out there, of materials, products you can buy called Extreme Terrain. Okay, and you can buy all the lift kits and the 45-inch tires for your Jeep, and you can put the big old bumpers and the winches on, and you go to Extreme Terrain to buy the product. That's one of many, obviously, but you're not going to say, take the website down because it got the word extreme in it. So I'm going to say to the audience again, don't get caught up in this dialectic battle, this language battle. You know, Tom, you've made that very clear. It's propaganda that is slighted towards the negative to try to undermine, and yes, I agree with Father and Tom on this. 
Don't go taking your rosary down off your rearview mirror. Don't be afraid to pull it out in public. We're gearing up for the Rosary Coast to Coast event coming up in October. Yep. We have got to come out in droves exactly the way, Tom, you laid it out. Peacefully, lovingly. Open carry. Open, open carry your rosary. <laughs> Let it be seen by the world. The demon hates the rosary. The demons hate it. Tom, mm -hmm. if you could talk a little bit, because I know you, you said, yeah, you were at a conference recently and an exorcist was there. I don't know a conference you have been at where there hasn't been an exorcist there. You, <laughs> you are constantly telling me when we're talking about, oh, it's at this conference, four exorcists, we're talking about yeah, this right. and that. Yeah. How powerful is the rosary in an exorcism? Well, I've never done an exorcism since I'm not ordained. Right, I've never right. been in an exorcism, so I can't tell you. Yeah, you're just uh, well connected with those you have. <laughs> yeah. I just tried to make a rosary strong enough, though, so that the demons don't tear it apart. Right. Uh, you know, there's a, I was speaking with a person uh, last year or maybe two years ago now who was on an exorcist team uh, out in California. And she was telling me how, you know, uh, when we're all praying, because whenever there's an exorcism, there is the exorcist, but then there is a support team. Uh, they, they, a prayer team, they pray with him, they pray during the exorcism. Uh, and sometimes the demons actually lash out. Uh, and when they're praying the rosary, they grab the rosaries and tear them apart. Uh, and so she was sharing this with me. And that's when I had said to her, I said, well, you know, I make a, I make a paracord warriors rosary, you know, and uh, it's a hundred pound tensile strength. So it's probably not going to come <laughs> apart if they grab at it. It'll probably pull the person praying on the ground, you know? Uh, so I outfitted them with that. Um, but I know that their testimony and her testimony to the power of the rosary uh, is very powerful inside of, uh, you know, these exorcisms. Uh, and there's a lot of things that, that are powerful that, that, uh, we could talk about, but we don't, have, we don't have time to go into it now. It'll deviate from where we're, we're talking about the rosary. But one of the things that I have learned at these conferences I keep talking to you about over the years, Doug, uh, is that the evil one is constantly on the prowl. He's constantly looking to access our weak point. Uh, we fortify our homes. We create a green zone. Uh, we pray with our family, but the battle is between the, 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 the battle between Christ and the devil the devil seeks to hurt God by hurting us and taking us down. And he seeks to enter into that green zone. He looks for the cracks. Where is the cracks? He looks for a simple yes for us, whether it's a, a temptation of the mind uh, or whether it's somebody we invite in or whether it's something that, that we're doing that we shouldn't do. Maybe we pick up a good luck charm and add a, and add a rabbit's foot. What harm is a rabbit's foot? And I put a key on a keychain, right? Let me tell you, it can be a whole lot of harm because if there's anything attached to that rabbit's foot or that amulet, uh, occult-like, whether it's new age or what have you, you just said yes to the demon attached to it and you brought them into your home. There are so many things that we have to be careful about as Catholics because we must remember we are in a spiritual warfare. Yes, we, are we are on a battlefield, uh, a spiritual mm -hmm. battlefield, and we will be on it until the day we die. And the evil one seeks one thing, to destroy you and me and take our souls to hell. Some of the fiercest battles, actually St. Padre Pio said, some of the fiercest battles, and, and exorcists tell you this too, are, 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 are waged at the moment of death, on the deathbed of an individual. Yeah. You know, and the demons have the power. They, you know, one of the things that we learned at this last conference is that, you know, the demons, they can't read your mind. We know that. Okay, sure. And they can't, they can't force you to do something. So they use temptation to move your will to say yes, to give them permission. And that's what temptation is all about. But the one thing that we don't usually think about is demons can read our imagination. If I said, hey, Doug, think of a basketball, red, white, and blue. That image you just thought of, the devil just mm -hmm. saw it. Yeah. And that's how he uses porn against men and women to tempt them. He sees what's going on, what they're thinking about, not thinking, what they're imagining. And then he uses that to get them to move their will away from God. Mm. And hence, one of the greatest weapons against this, the rosary, praying the rosary, entering to the mysteries of Christ. You want to imagine something? Imagine being at the foot of the cross. Mm. Imagine yeah. carrying that cross with Christ. Imagine you're Simon of Cyrene. Imagine you're sitting there in the upper room when Christ institutes the Eucharist. You know, imagine you're up there on Calvary at the foot of the cross. Mm. Imagine that all of these things, use your imagination. That torments the evil one, you know. Anyway. Well, Tom, thanks so much. Uh, yes, just as we close here, I want to put a plug in for we've been, we're on day three of the 54-day uh, Rosary Novena for our nation. Go to usgraceforce.com and join in. 
you can come in right now. You didn't have to start with us if you're just finding out about it. Uh, you're praying with uh, 80 to 100,000 people. Mm. There's power in that prayer. And we've seen all kinds of miracles. We're praying for the strength and unity of the church and protection for the family and our nation. But you add your personal prayers to that as well. And please uh, uh, join us for that. Uh, join the, the way you'll join us too, is to join the U S grace Force. That's just give your name and your email. And then you're going to be a part of, uh, learning the art of spiritual warfare and being a part of these, uh, mighty, mighty, uh, prayer campaigns where we pray the rosary w in these campaigns. So F Tom, Father, thanks I, so much. Go ahead. I throw something in real quick. You just talk about joining the U S grace force. I want to encourage everybody out there. Join the U.S. Grace Force. We are offering a special deal right now. 15% off all the Novena meditations that Father sends you, which are <laughs> actually free. Now, I thought about that because I was today I was out shopping and I, I stopped, went through a store. I bought something. And they said, are you a member of our whatever, whatever? I said, yeah. uh, no, I'm not. Well, you'll get 50%, 15.15% off of your purchase today if you sign up. I thought, oh, that's pretty handy. 15% off. You know, we should offer that for the U.S. Grace Force. Yeah, right. 15% <laughs> off, but, you know, you actually get 15 yeah, usually more. When, when yeah. people come up to me and say, hey, Father, can you hear my confession? I go, five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> then we laugh. Yeah. No. He's kidding, by the way. <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't want, we don't want um, a, a Marxist journalist to write an article yeah, now right. <laughs> about Father selling confessions. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Insane. All right. Hey, I, I, I want to throw this real quick out. I'm sorry, Father, for the prayer. Or, Tom, everything you went through was amazing about, yeah. about the rosary. And I want to add one little thing to what you said about stepping into this and that. I heard someone say one time when they prayed the sorrowful mysteries and meditate on the passion, it made them, it to, they got to a point where they felt like they could, they could smell and almost taste the dust in the streets of Jerusalem as our Lord was carrying his cross. Wow. That, yeah. Cause you know, we know what it's like. You're at a dirt road or you're, you're out somewhere and there's dust blowing around. You get that kind of gritty feeling in your teeth from it, teeth from it. You can kind of get that taste, you know, a, Recent uh, guy that I talked to who's a, who's a retired Green Beret was talking about, yeah, I was with all the U.S. Marshals for two years on the border. We chewed dirt together. <laughs> and I thought about that. But it made me think about that. And, you know, Tom, you and I, we've done, you've seen the passion meditation I've done. Many times you've recorded it. You've supported it. You've brought me in for different events on it. You've been very instrumental in helping to spread it around to other people. And that was something that people would come up and say to me after the passion meditation is they, they would say, I felt like I was in the street. I felt like I was, I could smell the death on Calvary of all this wretched skull and bones type of area there. I, I felt like I was in that moment. And that's what the rosary can do for yeah, us. That's, that's right. the grace of remembrance. Mm, that yeah. is the grace of remembrance. That's what John Paul II is talking about. And I got—I want to say one more time, please read the rosary of the, of the of Virgin Mary, the rosary of the Virgin Mary by John Paul II. Nice. It will change your understanding of the rosary and it will ultimately change your life as you enter into the mysteries of the rosary and enter into the understanding of remembrance and it'll give you a new understanding of what it means to do this in memory of me when you attend yeah. this. Yeah. All right. Well, Tom, it's been great having you yeah. on. This great was having awesome. you on, friend. The, the, uh, the inventor of the warrior rosary meets the inventor of the combat rosary, and then there's Doug. Tom, where can people go to check out your stuff, check out your rosary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the rosaries are available at uh, thewarriorsrosary.com. And uh, right warriorsrosary.com. Right now, they're kind of slim pickings, though, because of all the uh, uses of well, COVID. Hurry up and get over there. Down. It's like, get over there. I've yeah, got, hurry up and get over I have there. a good number of Fatima rosaries out there. Yeah. Uh, they're ready. So the warriorsrosary.com. Nice. Don't forget the the at the beginning. Beautiful. And, and of course, the combat rosary is, is at Roman Catholic gear, as it always been. Awesome. My sister's company. Yeah. <laughs> the two best rosaries on the planet. I can testify nice. to that. I'm best right. friends with both of you guys. All right. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Awesome. Thanks, Thank you, guys. Brothers. Awesome. Thank you, Tom. Awesome.